Hey everyone. Uh, the fifth episode of Market Your Journey. I'm here with my co-host Shreyas, and we have a very special guest today, uh, Nish. He is the vice president strategy for Initiative. Uh, it is one of the large firms in Toronto, and he's been working there for four years. A total uh, industry experience of more than 15 years. I must say, he's a veteran in this industry of advertising and marketing. Uh, Nish, thank you so much for accepting this and uh, being a guest uh, at our podcast. Thank you, guys. It's uh, it's a pleasure to to speak with you. I'm looking forward to to this conversation. Let's jump into the first question because I'm I'm excited. So let's jump into the first question. So Nish, um, why did you choose marketing and advertising as a career path, and uh, what thought process when you were young in your college and Shulik? Uh, what was the thought process in say I just want to do marketing or advertising or did you have something else and then you you know maneuvered it? Yeah, totally. I uh, I wanted to go into comp sci. It was in high school that was the thing that I wanted really to do, and um, I realized really quickly that I wasn't that good at computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't natural to me, and my my peers and my friends were just amazing at it. And so I would look at them and they would be already finished their exam and I was still struggling to figure out the logic Mm -hmm. on the coding. And I just realized that, you know, innately I wasn't great at it. And I think the, the big thing that I learned coming out of that was you kind of need to do the things. You want to double down on the things that you're really good at naturally just so that you can be the best at it and that's kind of the the philosophy of you want to continuously improve and you want to improve on the things that you naturally love to do i just felt that i i should go into comp sci but you know if i was being honest with myself i wasn't passionate about it and that's probably why it took me longer to learn than other people who were Um, but when i got into university i still held the dream of comp sci and so I took my electives, which is ridiculous to do in comp sci, because it was really hard. And um, it obviously, it brings down your, <laughs> your overall average. Um, but then after the first year, when I was just getting completely smoked in, in comp sci classes, I was like, you know what, I'll do this more as um, a side project. And I still like to code on the side uh, just for fun. Um, but I didn't make a career out of it. So um, the, the way I got into marketing, so after I realized I wasn't good at comp sci, I started taking a bunch of finance courses. Because uh, again, I felt like that was a thing that I should do. And so I was doing finance courses and marketing courses. And then at the end of each day, when I got home, the first textbook that I opened was marketing every single time. And that's when I knew that marketing was the thing that I was really passionate about. Um, the problems, the, the, all the, like, kind of the academic research was the stuff that I was gravitating towards. Um, and the finance stuff was interesting, but it didn't excite me. And that's really ultimately why I went into marketing. Um, I still remember the questions from exams from marketing class. I cannot tell you questions from my finance exams, but I can definitely tell you from marketing and I think that's it's important to know like again the thing that you're most innately excited about and double down on that 
couldn't agree more than that you know i, I can you, i can certainly relate with you nishan when i was doing my mba at brock you know the first i used to dread finance and uh, i can certainly relate with you how it how it goes through <laughs> exactly yeah. you know uh, when you want to learn something and you want you're so passionate about it you should go and considering that you know uh, you were so passionate about marketing you went into the marketing and advertising field so uh, you know to let us uh, our audience know that what one thing that you wish that you would have known before you begin your career Uh, yeah it's a good it's a good question there's there's a bunch of things i don't know if i can limit it just to one because i've made a lot of mistakes in my career probably in hindsight i think the, there are a couple things the first one is that the the mistake that i think a lot of people make is once you're done school you finally get to throw away all the textbooks and now it's time just to focus on your career and you don't have to learn anymore and that couldn't be further true from how it really works i think once you are done school the structured part of your learning is no longer there and now you need to kind of find your own structure and your own way to learn and if you want to be really good at something you kind of need to continuously learn and continuously try to find your own path the challenge though is there's just so much out there so it becomes really difficult to figure out what do you actually want to learn and um i would say without the structure a lot of people fall apart you know you know you don't have to be at class anymore you don't have to learn anything you don't have to buy a book um once you're done your your day job there's nothing that is forcing you to learn so that becomes really difficult the other thing that um i wish i knew when i was in my early 20s was that the habits that you form in your early 20s will define you in your 30s and so the you it would be really smart to start focusing in on developing habits because i'll tell you now that i'm a much older it is really hard to create new habits i'm trying to learn all these new things like i want to work out more i want to eat healthy and my brain is lazy now than it was when it was when i was in my early 20s it's a lot easier to form habits so the things that you're doing now are the things that you will continue to do and i wish i kind of knew that is you know if i really focused on the right habits then it'd be a lot easier um as as you get older um and so yeah i think that's that's probably a really important thing of form your habits in your 20s um because if you don't then they will define you versus you defining them that's a very beautiful thought i must say uh you know uh, there in everybody's life there have been um, you know successes failures but i individually feel that you know failures you know make you learn a lot of things so my question to you would be what was your biggest failure in your career career of you know 15 plus years i'm sure there would be successes there would be failures also so what is the biggest failure that that you had and what did you learn and how did you come out of that yeah absolutely i would say no i don't consider it as much but at the time i definitely thought it was a failure i in 08 um decided to leave the nhl and start my own business and it was probably the worst time to start a business it was right in the midst of the financial crisis 
And a lot of people thought I was crazy to, to leave and try to start my own business. But one of my dreams was to, to run an agency. And, you know, going back to that, what are you innately good at versus not innately good at? One of the things that I learned as I was running my business is um, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was entrepreneurial, but I wasn't an entrepreneur. And there's a distinguish be the distinction between the two. And the other thing that I've learned through that process is you don't need to be an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial, which was a big light bulb moment for me um, as I was running my business and I was, I enjoyed the work, but I didn't enjoy the aspect of running a business. And my assumption was if you are really passionate and you love the work, then that should easily translate to being able to run a business. But those skill sets are sometimes they're the same for some people, but sometimes they're actually really different. And um, I struggled with the aspects of running a healthy business versus being able to just focus in on the work. That's what I was excited about, the work and working with clients, um, the finance and managing and running a business and all of that was things that were not, didn't come natural to me. And so I would say that was probably, you know, in hindsight, um, one of the failures uh, and one of the biggest learnings about who I am and what I'm really good at and what I love to do. And uh, through a mentor, I was able to learn kind of that was the, the difference when he said to me, it's like, hey, you don't need to be um, an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial. Um, that was the light bulb moment because my whole life I thought I was an entrepreneur, um, but I was really just entrepreneurial. That's, you know, beautifully explained in terms of that, how you, you have come through this all difficulty and how you cope up with this failure that you think so. But still, uh, I personally feel that uh, this was a great moment to, you know, cherish for the long time because of the reason that you have challenged through it, you have passed through it and you learned through it. Because if you learn through a process, it's the best moment that you have cherished in your life. Speaking about the failure, um, you know, I would like to ask you that, who are the, those kind of people with whom you are most influenced by in your whole career till now? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I've, I've been influenced by a lot of different people. I've been, I think, you know, very fortunate and lucky to have people who have been great mentors for me. Uh, John Armstrong at Armstrong Partnership, Kyle McMahon at the NHL, Christian Ganey at, um, at Match, and, and my current boss, Helen, Helen Galinas at Initiative. All of them have just been amazing, and I've learned different things from them just by observing how they are in meetings and how they set up their routines and conduct themselves. But I also learn and have been influenced by my team. Uh, I'm so impressed with the people on my team and their energy and their excitement. And so, you know, a lot of people think that mentorship is always um, maybe someone older or someone who has more experience than you. I think you can equally learn from people just like yourselves who are doing really interesting things, doing exciting things. I kind of look at it as there's a learning opportunity everywhere and everyone's got something really cool to share because they've got this unique perspective 
And um, so I find I, I get influenced by everyone. I, I, I'm always kind of trying to learn from everyone and, and see how they approach things. And you'll be amazed when you go in with that mindset, uh, how much more there is to learn. Uh, this, the next question I'll ask you is very common. I'm sure you would have answered this like a hundred times. Uh, and so the question is, how do you see marketing and advertising change their spheres after this pandemic or during this pandemic? Now that uh, there are a lot of new things coming in, like we were speaking uh, that, you know, uh, there, there could be a lot of interruptions during this uh, interview and this could be the new normal. So how do you feel uh, the advertising and marketing field would be affected and what would be the new normal for uh, marketing and advertising after this pandemic? Yeah, totally. It's um, a question that I put a lot of thought into and I've been reading a lot and learning mm -hmm. because everything is is changing. And I think I, I would be lying to you if I, I sat here and I was like, this is what it's going to be and this is how it's going to be. I mean, no one really knows, but I do know this and I, and I do believe this is that the fundamentals of marketing and advertising they don't change and often we get excited by all this new stuff or start to feel like okay because of the pandemic all this behavior that we've learned for 50 hundreds of years is now going to change and yes it may be different but i think the underlying human needs if you go back to like marketing 101 the maslow hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. those don't change um, and then the fundamentals of you need to reach all of your consumers you need to use advertising to reduce price sensitivity um, you need to ensure that you've got sufficient reach and your share of voice is really strong all of that's backed up by data it's backed up by countless case studies and so these or almost like the laws of marketing. And until we all kind of agree that these are the laws of marketing, I don't think we as an industry can actually make forward progress. I read something a while ago that always struck me. It would be like if science always had to start with explaining Newton's laws of how the world works before they could make a step forward. That's kind of where we are currently is like, First, you have to explain that these laws are actually true, and then we move forward. But imagine if science had to do that every single time they had to explain something, you would never get anywhere. And it feels like right now that's where we are, where we're still trying to have to convince people that these things are important because we get too easily distracted by new things that pop up. It's all about this new social platform, and it's all about real-time marketing and real-time advertising. Uh, but we get we get confused with those things uh, versus what's actually true. And and so, you know, my long winded answer to your question is um, as much as we think a lot is going to change, I think it's more important to think about what are the things that are not going to change over the next 10 years. Um, Amazon, Jeff Bezos is famous for saying what they focus on are the things that are not gonna change over 10 years. Consumers are gonna want things faster than ever. Mm -hmm. They're gonna want it for the lowest price. That's always gonna be true. And if you build a business around that, you're, not, you're probably not gonna go wrong. You know, beautifully Perfect. explained in terms of how digital world is going to change the future of how we are living right now. Talking about that, you know, the, the, for the next 10 years or let's say for the next couple of years, uh, so there are a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. The first one being, 
that uh, how do you see initiative taking a cope of this marketing and advertising field in the next couple of years how they are coping up with them uh, with this pandemic of covid-19 and the second question uh, you know how uh, you would you know suggest some of the good tips or that for the young marketers out there to so that they can solidify their career they can grow to their plans that uh, during the especially during this unprecedented times yeah so no i will i will speak from from my perspective on on that question and i think you know the challenge that a lot of young people have today is there're just too many options there's too many things that you can focus on it's like should i go learn get amazon certified or google certified or facebook certified and then one day you're like reading about this and now you want to go learn about tiktok ads and there's just there's so much and so the trick though is it's it's very similar like how it works in finance and compound interest is if you focus on a skill set and continue to learn and double down over time compound interest kicks in and you start to become an expert in that the challenge though is because you kind of there are so many options one you may not make any decisions because you just get paralyzed by the amount of choice or you try to keep all these doors open and you do a little bit of each one but then you don't actually build an actual expertise or a skill set around so i think the biggest advice is um you know pick the lane and then double down on it so if it's if your passion and excitement is around technology and digital then focus on that you can go super deep and it's not to say that you can't build other skills around it but first build the deep skill and then start to build complementary skills once you've done that i think that's kind of the the trick is you want to do kind of that deep meaningful work um cal newport has a book on deep focus and and talking about how that's like such an important and rare skill today especially when there's just a world of quick hits so you know the podcast that you guys have started amazing it's a great initiative um double down that would be my so. my biggest thing is how do you double down how do you get to the 100th episode how do you make it even more interesting like that that's that's when you'll start to build momentum and don't don't quit until compound interest takes takes hold right so you you you've seen the graph the first couple of years you're not making anything but eventually you will and it's the same thing with anything that you do when it comes to especially learning about marketing is you know the first couple of tries you won't see the payoff but eventually you are going to see the payoff and so double down and focus is probably the biggest biggest piece of advice you know uh, it has uh, you, the way that you told us uh, it, it is really inspiring for us too and for the all the young marketers out there because of this covid-19 period uh, it's very hard to get your skills set a show but it it is very important that how you show it and how you perform it in a different way is what it matters right now uh, in addition to that uh, just to point out that uh, what how at initiative you are coping up with covid-19 and how do you think that 
uh, you know, marketing and advertising uh, industry, at, especially at initiative, would be doing after uh, two years after this post-COVID-19 period? Yeah, so, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the way we're, we're helping clients. And I think the, the way we're doing it is a little bit different in the sense of, one, we're helping distill all that's going down, all that's happening into kind of more actionable information, information that they can actually use. And then the second thing that we do is we're building tools to help clients understand things. So for example, demand for your brand may be significantly up. It may also be significantly down. And once we start to get back to normal, how do you predict what your baseline demand is going to be? That's a really interesting question. What's interesting is you can build a statistical model that can help you predict what baseline demand is going to be. And so working with our research team and our analytics team, the thing that we have been working on is building these kind of demand forecast models to help clients understand where demand is going to be as you project out. And once you've developed that model, you can start to run different scenarios. So if the, the shape of recovery is going to be a U shape, then what does that demand look like versus a V shape versus mm -hmm. W or whatever those are? I think the most important thing is, is it doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to get there and have a baseline and then continuously improve upon it. And so that would be what I would say is kind of the things that we've been really focused on, or at least in my opinion, the things that I think are important for marketers to think about, because, you know, once you have that baseline understanding of what you think your demand is going to look like, now that opens up a whole new set of questions around, well, what's the right level of weight behind my media? If my demand is down, can I actually improve it through additional media investment? Or my, if my demand is up, is there diminishing effects starting to take place? And maybe I don't need to spend as much in media to capture this. Now you can start to make these type of strategic decisions and have these types of conversations um, as you start to think about your marketing dollars. Um, but it, it starts with understanding where your demand is and then determining what's the right approach. I do not believe the advice of don't go dark, which a lot of people said is the right advice because one, it's, it's very much nuanced. And for some clients, there is no other option. It's either don't go dark or, or not be in business. And obviously if the, ask is between will my business stay around for till next year or should i just run some ads right now the answer is make sure the business still can run so the advice of just don't go dark uh with your advertising is not is not sufficient that's you know pretty much summarizes everything so i think so kabir we should let nish go to have his lunch nish thank you so much it was a pleasure having you here uh, and your 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 insights are uh, I think it's it's beautiful that we'll and I think once we'll publish it, uh, a lot of uh, young minds will get inspired. Yeah, I just want to I want to say you know for the for any of the young marketers that 
are listening in, you know, a couple of couple of parting thoughts for you. Um, it's it's hard to be a marketer right now, but it's never been a better time to be a marketer right now. It should hopefully be an exciting time for you because we need creativity. We need creativity in our business models. Um, we also have access to data and there's so much data to help inform decisions, which we never had access to. So data and creativity together can be really powerful. And I think we're just at the tipping point of what's going to be possible when you bring data and creativity and strategy and technology together. There's going to be some really cool things that you're going to be able to do. And I think that should be you know, one of hopefully the exciting reasons why you want to be in marketing and why you should continue to double down, as I kind of mentioned a couple of times, on advertising and marketing. Second point is don't lose hope. You know, it, it's it's a hard time to to get into the agency world or into marketing. You're hearing a lot of headlines of job cuts or job freezes. Don't lose hope. Take inspiration from from you two guys. Like what you guys are doing is awesome. So if you're a young marketer listening to this, take a page out of their book. It is is uh, don't steal their idea, but you know, create something, build something. You have like with without a lot of risk and a lot of money, you can learn things. You can build an online shop. You can build an Alexa skill. There's so many things to do to actually build. Um, so build something, make something, and then use that. A lot of times people say, oh, I don't have any experience. How can I get in? My best answer to that is build something. That becomes experience. Uh, and then the last thing, honestly, we, we sometimes forget about it because I remember it's stressful when you're trying to apply for jobs. Don't lose sight of the fact that this whole thing is a process and it should be fun. That's the reason we got into marketing versus other things is because marketing is fun. If you see an ad and you get excited by it, you see a Nike ad and you're like inspired to change the world. That's what this is about. We're here in this business to inspire people and get them excited. So, you know, have fun, find, find ways to have fun with it. Cause if you're not having fun, then something within your process is broken and you just need to switch it up a little bit. But that's the advice. Double down, don't lose hope, and have fun. I know easier said than done, but uh, there are important skills that I, I guarantee when you look back after 10, 15 years and you start to build some compound interest, you'll look back and be like, those, those are the important things. You know, I can completely connect with you in terms of numbers and data because I myself being an engineer and work in agency, it's re it really excites me with the data and the numbers. And it has been an inspirational thought, some great inspirational thoughts that we have today listened. And I really hope that our audience also, you know, get inspired by those thoughts and can just take a leaf out of the, your book so that what you are doing right now to the, and contributing to this industry, it's really breathtaking and it's great that you are doing. That's awesome. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So Thank I mean, you, so, yeah, it's, it has been a great, you know, session with you. Great episode number five with you. 
I really would like to thank you and really appreciate that you know you came here you 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 accepted our accepted our invitation and you deliver the thoughts that were really required for this audience. It's awesome. It's been it's been a lot of fun. You guys have a, a bright future ahead of you guys. So um, thank you for for having me on. Thank, thank you so Nish. much. Thank pleasure you so much. You pleasure. Yeah, it was pleasure to have you. Thank All you. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers.